Hello, and welcome back to my podcast, Deutimus Maximus Helps. Uh, today we're going to be covering a little bit more of a serious subject. It's how and when to get hospice involved. Uh, Thursday, December 7th, 2017 was a day that I'll never forget. It was the day she was admitted to the hospital for being having her abdomen completely swollen and both of her legs were completely swollen to where the skin was tight. Uh, I took her to her uh, pulmonary arterial hypertension pulmonologist and he walked in the room and immediately said, Terry, this is going to involve a hospital stay. So he also explained to her that this wasn't going to be easy to get rid of, that there had to be some, the fluid had to be drawn off of her and there were several steps, including it, and he wanted to do some testing. So they went ahead and admitted her to the hospital. Terry immediately started bawling and said her usual thing. I can't be away from my dogs for that long. So, uh, after the doctor left, he said, we'll get you admitted and then well, I'll come up and see you in the room. So he left and we went with his nurse all the way across the hospital through the tunnel. Uh, it's probably, I don't know, a half mile hike just to push her in a wheelchair, you know, a couple elevator rides. But we got to admitting and they admitted her to a room upstairs. So she's in the heart wing of the hospital because pulmonary arterial hypertension, once again, is the artery from your heart to your vein. And they're thinking maybe the swelling had gotten big there and that's what's caused all this excess fluid to build up inside of her. Well, long story short, she got admitted to the hospital and she was, you know, fussing the whole time. She did not want to be in that hospital. So once we're up there, we get to the room and stuff and I meet the nurses, you know, and I explain to her the situation. I go to the desk and I meet the head nurse and the nurse at the desk. And uh, I'm making good rapport with these people because I know Terry is a difficult patient and she's going to be pissing them off as soon as they walk into the room, which is exactly what happened. Uh, Terry was a fighter. She did not go down easy and she did not like the hospital. When she did not like something, she would go come right out and let you know. I mean, there was no him on around. So, uh, once the doctor came in, it was uh, probably an hour or so later, he explained that he was going to do some uh, pulmonary arterial hypertension testing, but he also wanted to do an MRI and a couple of other tests, and which is what we did. And the next day, I stopped by on my way to work. I stayed with Terry all day that day, and I came home to feed the dogs and whatnot. And I got up, and on my way to work, I brought her breakfast and told her to let me know what the doctor said as soon as he came in the room. So I uh, visited with her for a little bit, and then I went to work. Uh, that was on a Friday. Uh, the doctor came in and said that he had bad news, and nobody was with her at this time. I wish they would have let me know what time he was going to be there because I wanted to be there to talk to him. So uh, he came in, and he told her there was a, a, a tumor in the portal vein of her liver and that he needed to do further testing. This may be a very serious issue. So he got uh, he's on a specialist team, and there's a liver team in the same building where he's at. He got those people involved and they started doing some testing and they did, you know, had the, the dye and all that stuff they injected in her. And then they had to do a separate type of MRI, some sort of specialty test. And it turns out that the cancer was not only in the portal vein of her liver, it spread throughout the liver and was also in other parts of her body. It was terminal cancer. There was no coming back from it. Because of Terry's conditions, she had a lot of other conditions. I mentioned earlier, she had the lupus, you know, the pulmonary type arterial hypertension. And she had several other things wrong with her that prevented her from taking chemotherapy. Her body just could not take it. Terry was that fragile. So um, I ended up staying with her. Uh, the, took off the rest of the day from work, came up to the hospital. And luckily, the doctor came back and explained it to me. 
and I was, you know, trying to wrap my head around this to figure out where we were going to go from here. So I asked him if he had any advice after uh, he came in on Saturday morning to test her after the liver function team tested and told us it was terminal. And he told me I needed to get hospice involved. And if I got hospice involved, I could go ahead and get her out of the hospital once all the fluid was gone. They had already started drawing fluid off and, you know, doing different things to try and get the situation under control, which they ended up doing. She got back down to her regular weight again, and it took uh, until the following Tuesday. Well, I went ahead and took off work, you know, Monday and Tuesday to make sure she got out. We were told she was going to get out of the hospital by 11 o'clock, which did not happen. It's just one of the things that over the weekend, Terry was hell on wheels. She was not having hospital stay. She did not want to be there to the point where she was ready to rip out her IVs. And, you know, she was ready to get on somebody. She did not like being at the hospital at all. And even though when we first went in there and every time I went in there, I explained the way that she took her medicines, they still messed up the way she took her medicines every time. Her specialty medicines I had to bring from home. And I'd brought them to this hospital once before when Terry had a hospital stay. And they lost the med medicines when I went to pick them up. And they had to look for them. And I told them, that's expensive medicine. You better make sure you find it. A long story short, I kept an eye on it this time and made sure that the, the nurse at the desk knew exactly when I came and when I left, I was going to ask to see her medicines, which I did. And they kept, you know, secured for me, which I was pleased about that. But the whole weekend, Terry, she was being mean. She did not like this hospital stay. Once Tuesday rolled around, she was ready to get out. She heard what the doctor said and she knew it, but there was a confusion with some pain meds. We had to get, we did not know before we could leave, we had to get hospice to come in there and sign the paperwork at the, with the uh, person in charge of her case, the caseworker in charge of her case. And we got the hospice called and, Luckily, the lady was kind enough uh, to come out at night, and it turns out after she came in there, she introduced herself and said, I'm your neighbor. And I had seen her several times before, and I always wave at her and stuff, but I did not realize what she did for a living. Uh, so after we got the hospice nurse to come in there, and it was later on, it was on Monday night, and it was later in the evening, because we were just trying to make sure smooth Tuesday was a smooth transition. We didn't end up getting out of there until 7 o'clock in the evening. And I started getting mean like Terry did, and I did not mean to, but I was serious about, hey, now you've said my wife has this death warrant. She has got terminal cancer she cannot come back from, and you won't even let her out of the hospital because the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing as far as a pain prescription went. So they cut her off all of her meds at 11, and she started hurting. I mean, she Terry took heavy-duty medicines for pain and she started hurting and as it progressed and progressed i finally went down there this is the reason i made the nurses cry i made them come give her a shot and i scolded them for getting all screwed up and not having her prescription ready to go and her ready to go at 11 just like the doctor said when five o'clock rolled around i really got aggressive and i went to the uh the lady that's in charge of the floor the administrator of the floor and i told her straight out we're leaving and you need to get something done about this right away and it was only because of my intervention. I ended up making her cry, and I did not mean to, but I was—I gave her the situation. Hey, here is my loved one, not your loved one, stuck in the hospital. You won't even let her out. She got a death warrant already. What's going on here? You know, and I, I, I was very aggressive about it. Well, long story short, at 7 o'clock, I was finally wheeling her downstairs and out to the car. And I had the nurse wait, you know, by the front door while I walked all the way across the parking lot and got the car because this is a busy hospital. So when you park there, you have to park way out. You're not going to get enough front parking spot. And she even had a handicap placard. All those spaces are taken. If you don't get there early in the morning, you're not getting a close-up spot. I bring the car around 
And uh, Terry is, I mean, beside herself. But they did luckily give her some medications. Why well, I went ahead and called the hospice people and said, we're on our way home. You know, can you do something for when they get there? Well, it turns out hospice can get uh, medicines all hours of the night. And they ordered from a pharmacy that comes 24 hours. And the far- they bring the medicine right to your house. And they happened to show up just shortly after we got home because Terry was, I had her regular pain meds at the house. So, uh, but she needed a little something more. She was distraught. Well, once again, the admitting hospice nurse showed up and then one of the, uh, office people from the hospice showed up. They were very nice ladies. They have, I, Terry had a good rapport with them right away. I was afraid she was going to be mean and run them off that she had a good rapport with them right away. I think Terry knew what the dealio was at that point. So, uh, Terry, started and how can I say she eased up a little bit and tried to like live life a little more you know but anything she wanted I got for she used to have a a thing for these little uh, cupcakes that you get in a box and you can put it in a like a coffee cup or a bowl is what I used to put it in and then you put it in the micro you put x amount of water and you put it in the microwave and it makes a little cake and she used to love those things and then I would get ice cream to put on top of it for and I'm, I'm not kidding you she would eat two or three of those a day if not more and I anything she wanted I got I had made arrangements with uh, her daughter to come and stay with her during the day while I went to work. And then we tagged off when I came home and I was with her the rest of the night. And there were some days that were worse than others where I just stayed home from work because I knew she needed me on that day. Um, We had a very, uh, how can I say this, serious relationship where I bettered her and she bettered me. At the, uh, how can better is not a good terminology. We affected each other's health. I could, when she was feeling bad, I could come around and make her feel better. She said that my presence did that for her, and I was happy to do that. I mean, we were married for 22 years, so that's a long time. The as the end came near, you know, Terry started lightening up a little bit more and lightening up a little bit more, and it was only because of the hospice nurses, those angels, those ladies. They came in every day day in and day out to check on her. They would, when it got a little bit more serious, they were there twice a day. There was a a nurse there during the day and then one in the evening as well. And they would sit up and, you know, right next to the bed with her and watch her. And if she was awake, they would talk to her. And, you know, she had a good rapport with these nurses, which really shocked me because I'd been going to Terry uh, with the doctor visits for years and there was nothing but meanness there. She could be quite a mean person to medical people because once again, she did not want to be sick and she was sick and tired of being sick and tired. So when the final days came there, we even actually have a video on the, the, there was a series that we called the last week where she had three really good days and then one bad one. And we even gathered the family around because we had a feeling this, this may be the last day for her. And the family all came down and it was on a Friday. <clears throat> they were uh, sitting around in the living room. It was basically, you know, they come in and visit with her. And then it, she was kind of unresponsive on that day. Well, nothing happened over the night. And Terry actually uh, was able to wake up and, you know, visit with her family and stuff. So on Saturday, they all went home. And then it just got worse from there. Uh, she got unresponsive again. And then instead of one daytime hospice nurse, bless their hearts. There was two of them there and things really got bad. Uh, the following Wednesday night, the following Wednesday night, her blood pressure dropped horrendously low to 40 over 20. And the hospice nurses, you know, they were, they were giving her the pain meds the way they're supposed to and stuff, but they were frustrated because say she had taken so much pain medicine, one effect, she was still sitting up in bed and saying, you know, trying to talk 
She wasn't saying anything, but her mouth was moving. She was looking right at me, and she was like reaching out with her hands and stuff. And her blood pressure is like twenty over forty. It's uh, it's so low. I told him, I said, "What can we do? What can we do?" And even the neighbor, the head hospice nurse, it came over to the house, and she was saying, "Well, there is a room at the hospital we can go to that hospice has." And ultimately, that's where Terry's demise was. We got to the hospital. We called an ambulance, number one. So I went outside and I moved my truck. And the, the nurses were like, where are you going? I said, I moved my truck so they can get that gurney here. I had a ramp and everything. You know, I had been down this road before. The ambulance come and picked Terry up several times before. And so I stood outside and they said, why are you standing outside? I said, because that ambulance will drive right by him. They said, oh, no, no, they have GPS. Well, here comes the ambulance, drove right by. I had to whistle real loud. It's like two in the morning. For them to hear me, and they turned around and came back, I went out in the street and was waving my hands and stuff because I wanted Terry to get the proper help. I've been on Terry's case you know, for over 20 years, and I was on top of it every time. And the ambulance stopped, and they got the gurney out, and they came in and got Terry, and they, they, they were amazed that she was still alive. When we got her to the hospital, I went into hospital mode. There's a certain mode you can go into to get stuff done the proper way, which is what I did. And the hospice nurses were there with me the whole time. God bless them. They were they stuck by Terry from the time we left the hospital and got to the house. They were with Terry 24-7, basically, until that day. So December 7th is when she got admitted to the hospital. December 8th is when they diagnosed her with the cancer. She got out of the hospital the following Tuesday, and she lasted from that Tuesday until April 5th of 2018. That was when she took her final breath. And it was a sad day for all of us, you know, but... Luckily, when she was so sick, Terry and I had been able to have conversations about what was going to take place in the future, you know, and what where I was going to go and what she wanted me to do and accomplish. And I, I took heed in a lot of stuff she said, and I made sure that everything that I promised Terry I would do, that I did. I, I love Terry that much, and it was hard to see her take her last breath. As a matter of fact, I'd been with her for, I'd only slept in five days, like four hours. And that fifth day was the uh, April 5th. And, uh, it was a hard day to, to, it was hard to sleep because I knew she was so sick and it, I wanted to be there and watch her for her last breath and everything, man. I saw, I was the one that got us married. So I had to, you know, be the one to make sure to be there to see her out. Well, they sent me home to get something to eat. And that's when they gave her the final shot that got her. And I, once again, I don't know how hospice nurses do it. Bless their hearts. They have the hardest job in the world to, to deal with some of the most difficult patients. And yet they're angels. They make sure that, uh, you're, loved one is taken care of and is soothed and uh they'll talk to her and they, they even brought in a pastor terry and i weren't super religious people but she felt like she wanted to get uh, closer with god there in the in the last couple of months so they brought in a pastor that worked for the hospice people and he would go in the bedroom close the door and they would have private conversations you know and i never found out the nature of those conversations nor do i want to know i just wanted my wife to be at peace that was the most important thing to me is that terry was at peace so that it, the day that you have to get a hospice involved, do not be scared. Hospice is there to help you. Um, they, yes, there's somebody that comes to your house, and Terry didn't like that, you know, without uh, being announced first. You know, tell us you're coming first. So the hospice nurses used to, you know, make arrangements and stuff. But don't be scared when they say hospice is involved because it's the best way you can see your loved one out. Hospice is uh, how can I, it's it's a godsend to us. If it wasn't for hospice, I don't know if I'd have been able to make it without pulling all the hair out of my head. So when it's time to get hospice involved. Don't be scared. Just go ahead, make that call, 
They'll put you at ease right away, and they'll keep you posted on everything that's happening all the way through, including changes in medicine. Um, if your loved one hurts in the middle of the night, like I said, they have access to a 24-hour pharmacy. They can get meds anytime, day or night. So please, if you need to get hospice involved, go ahead and do it. Well, that's. I think I'm going to go ahead and end it on that note right there. And um, Sorry this was such a serious episode, but I just want you to know that it's nothing to be scared of when it's time to get hospice involved. I appreciate your time. You have a nice day.